And so it's one of these things where, again, what comes first? What feeds what? You know, is this your your emotional trauma, your emotion, emotional state and turmoils? How much of, of that is feeding your, your physical aspect? Now, I didn't know this at the time. And that's why I love what I do today. Because even though I do believe in the importance of, of beings experiencing really hard um just situations, not because I want them to, but because there is a learning to be had in it. Uh, there's a lesson and sometimes a blessing, you know, or both at the same time. Um, but having said that, I also want to prevent a situation or an emotional aspect of something that someone doesn't necessarily have to go through to understand. If they can find the value and appreciation without the pain, I want that for them. That's Ulma Berenice, and I'm Brian Falchuk. This is Do A Day. You'll hear from the most inspiring people who have been through hard times, overcome them, and have turned around to help others with what they've learned. I'm your host, Brian Falchuk. I know we can all overcome and achieve because I've lived it myself. I've written about it in my book, Do A Day, and that's why I'm bringing you this show. Remember, today's a new day. Go out and do it. Hey, day doers, welcome back to another episode of the Do A Day podcast. I have a really beautiful soul and sweet person for my guest this week, Zulma Berenice. I met her when I was... Um, going to my second TEDx. She was the MC. We met leading up to that virtually, but I got to meet her in person at the event and just had this connection and saw this person who was very caring and had such a story and such a journey. And since then, that was back in 2018, we've stayed in touch. We've followed each other. We've watched what we've done. And I was so excited to bring her on the show and bring her story to all of you. Zulma has a really, um, well, I don't want to say unique because there are a lot of people going through things similar to what she's gone through and goes through, and they struggle to find hope, and they struggle to find help. And maybe that's where, for Zulma, it's not unique, but it's more rare that you find a path out of all of the things that you're told will never happen or you'll be stuck with for the rest of your life. And that's why it's important to bring her story here, is to share that bit of inspiration, that bit of hope. She's someone who has faced chronic illness, chronic pain for years, and was told, this is it. There's no way out of it. You're going to be stuck with this, and you won't have the life that you wanted to have or thought you would have. And she didn't accept that. And she learned for herself, and she helped herself find a path to being well. So... Zilma's story is very personal for me. Obviously, for those who know the story of Do A Day, you know that chronic illness is a part of my family's story. So that's probably why she and I connected so deeply. But I'm just honored to be able to share this story with all of you and introduce you to Zilma, who is a health and wellness coach and um, just beautiful person who shares with others who are suffering or others who are stuck or others who are looking for a path to better from a place of having lived through that and living through that herself. So I just want to let you know, as we join the episode, Zulma and I had to change how we were recording things. There's some audio issues. So that's what you hear us coming into the midst of is trying to figure out and cross our fingers and hope that it all works. So let's jump in with Zulma. Berenice. All right, let's give it a shot and we'll see we'll see where it goes. I know you're talking about the loss of your dad and yeah, we talked yeah. maybe like a week or so after that. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I know it's there's a lot there's a lot to the story and yeah. it, it probably changed from initially when we first talked about doing Oh, absolutely. That's when I said it's been almost 2 years. Uh that's exactly what went through my mind because you know, things happen the way they happen because there's a reason. And I just find that I am at a, such a different place today than I was close to two years ago that this is the story I'm supposed to share with you today. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, all right. So Zoma, we're we're just rolling with it. I've already started recording. So okay. I'm not gonna do a whole intro and, and break mm-hmm. the flow. I want us to keep going. Just tell us a little bit about 
what you what you do today? Like, what is your work right now? And and there's such a story behind why you do that work. Mm-hmm. So I always like to start with um, telling people my name. It's uh, usually a conversation starter because it's not a very common name. I have heard and met a couple of people with my name, and I have searched online to where I find it. Um, so it's not not uncommon, but it's not very common. So yeah. it's it's Sulma, and it's um, I'm from originally from Mexico, but the name it's of Arabic origin, and and it means full of life. Wow. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it's interesting because being um, a child immigrant in the state, I arrived when I was about 10 years old. Um, I, my name wasn't something that I was always not necessarily proud of, that, but that I connected with, you know, because mm. it was hard to pronounce for people or I get made fun of like you know given Zumba or mm-hmm. all kinds of <laughs> nicknames. Um, that to people were just kind of joke or funny, but when we, even if we're like, oh yeah, whatever, it does have an implication, you know, yeah. it does have a um, a little bit of an emotional aftermath for the yeah. people getting, for the person getting picked on. Um, and I realized that more now yeah. than I did then. Um, so for me, it's important to share that because our names are very important and until we realize how important they are there are so many uh blocks that exist between us and fulfilling our name um so for me i always love to share that because it wasn't until i realized that indeed i am full of life and that i want to live up to that name that connected with with my purpose and um having shared that then i will say my middle name is berenice and so I um, use, I do a little bit of uh, wordplay with my name for the Z part and the B part. Yeah. And I mix them and I said, Z beautiful. Wow. Um, <laughs> that's where that comes from. Yeah. Um, and the U is Y-O-U. And I use that um, as part of my personal blog and also some of my coaching mm. because I want to share the message that even in the most dire situation there's always a silver lining somewhere and that if we can identify it and see that beauty we can hold on to it even if it's just a sliver of hope and that would be enough to help us rise and um you know not become the ashes that the wind blows away but just something that that could fan that little bit of fire in there and uh I guess the best um, illustration is rice like a phoenix. (laughs) So it's completely possible to do that. So I really love to share that um, about my name and what I do, because I do believe it's, it's a huge part of the reason why I went into coaching. Um, So in regards to the journey that led me there for me, uh, I'm 39 right now, but in my my twenties, I lived with extreme chronic pain that really um, just snowballed from, you know, just everyday activities. Um, Had gotten married when I was 22, had my first child at 23. Uh, We owned businesses, we did life, you know, we were busy and all of a sudden I was sick and had no answers because, you know, I did the whole medical route where, I, you know, first went to the chiropractor, then pain's not better, then went to the family doctor, then the specialist, then the extra, extra, extra specialist. (laughs) And they all had the same answer. Didn't know. They just didn't know. And eventually I was about, when I was 26, 27, I would say, I was finally diagnosed with fibromyalgia, which is what I call the, you know, the diagnosis for everything that it's unknown, the unknown. It's a a term that describes a series or confluence of symptoms rather than like a root cause thing. There's, there isn't a specific thing they're finding. It's what you have nine out of 14, I think it is, of the the symptoms. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so hearing that was obviously 
devastating because not only you're told, I mean, and I, this is what I was told directly by a medical professional, you know, he had me bring in my husband and he told us both, this is what you have and this is how you will live the rest of your life. Oh, that's great. Yeah, exactly. So at 26, you know, I have a three-year-old, um, a life ahead yeah. and a vision of what that life is supposed to look like. And now um, pain is blocking all of that, right? Yeah. Because it's very hard to to function when, when you're in pain. You'll do it. Yeah. You'll go through the motion. But then that will eventually have a price, too. You yeah. know, you can only do that for so long. Yeah. And this so, is... Cool. So mm-hmm. not, not to cut you off, but just yeah. for people who aren't familiar with what it's like, this is kind of systemic. It's different things at different times. And it's not just like your foot hurts. Exactly. It's, it's across the board. And so that's why like you weren't specific about like, I had this particular issue because it is such a, a broad brush thing that can make every day very difficult and uncertain. Yes. And the best way that I explain what chronic pain is like for people who have a hard time understanding that because thankfully they don't experience it you know that's that's an amazing thing to not have to live like that yeah and I the way I say it is if you've ever smashed your thumb on a door or just hurt your thumb and you know that pulsing pain that you want for it to go away really quick yeah well it's that all day all night from the top of your head to the tip of your toes yeah yeah so it's it's very uncomfortable um eventually you cannot be touched because it's painful even you know it burns it hurts um for me some of the first things that became very difficult was something as you know every day like washing the dishes like yeah. i'm 20 something i'm not supposed to be crying while washing the dishes <laughs> or you know in the shower trying to wash my own hair and the pain being so unbearable that you're crying in the shower you know mm. things like that um that and you have a we... three-year-old at home correct right, when this all yeah. starts so for anyone who has kids you know exactly the demands then mm-hmm. three-year-olds are not like generally lethargic low needs kind of people it's a it's a very <laughs> full-on job yes yes and and you know we have businesses to run and we have life and and then there is a very that i i love i really really like to point this out uh, for anyone who is going through something like that or that has family a family member that is going through something like that um don't expect people who are experiencing fibromyalgia or chronic pain in any form um, to always, you know, there's two two things that could happen. You're in so much pain that that's all you talk about, yeah. you know, but then there's another part where you just really want to be quote unquote normal, you know, yeah. so yeah. you realize the importance of not whining of not complaining because you also know that not everyone's going to understand or wants to hear you know your your problem all day every day so you put on a mask and you pretend you're okay and you also do try to be okay like for me it meant um exercising you know like Mm. if i could exercise and stay active then that to me meant that okay i am okay but then you have these cycles where you're not okay you know, and then all of that energy that you had into pretending you're okay, it's gone. And now you have none, you know, and yeah. you don't know how long that face may be. Yeah. So there, there's a lot of that that goes back and forth. And we'll, and I'm sure we'll get to the psychosomatic aspect of what chronic pain is all about. But at least I can say sometimes it's it's like one of these what came first riddles you know is it the chicken or the egg or the yeah. egg or the chicken do you have the emotional aspect that brings on the chronic pain or perhaps you had trauma physical trauma yeah. you know um for me one of the things that i i think um probably had something to do and not saying that childbirth caused it but probably made it to where i developed it during my 20s versus maybe in my 40s yeah 
or my 50s, you know, Um, um, childbirth can be traumatic to the body, even though it's a very beautiful natural process, there is a lot that's going on (laughs) with the body hormone wise and the actual birthing process can be traumatic. I also had a traumatic experience at the hospital giving birth. So, you know, that was part of my experience. And eventually, I did come to realize that perhaps the physical trauma, you know, sort of awakened the emotional trauma that I had to work through um, to connect the two. And that's the beautiful process of mind-body-soul medicine, mind-body-soul coaching, you know, anything that has to do with the mind-body-soul connection, um, that's where it comes from, from realizing that, you know, we are not so disconnected from ourselves that you need to go see a right arm specialist versus a left arm specialist, you know, in, in traditional medicine and allopathy. When we realize that we're so much more than that, it's just, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. So I want to talk about that. You mentioned the psychosomatic piece, um, whether we want to call it psychosomatic or the, the very real and understandable anxiety response that a lot of people deal with when when you live with chronic pain on a daily basis and when it flares up and you see symptoms of it flaring up anytime those symptoms kick in it's it's like is this another one of these downward spirals or is this just what i'm going to deal with today and so you're you're sort of hyper vigilant constantly let's let's share that a little bit more because i think not that the pain isn't a lot to live with but it's mm-hmm. it's almost like that fear, and especially for someone who has a trauma history that you know maybe is tied to their illness and their pain. Um, mm-hmm. It's that fear response. It's like your brain is trying to save your life. It's trying to protect you, whether it's rational or not. It's not relevant, you know. And so you, it's a very natural place to go back to. Right, and it just boils down to how we are created, you know. Our central nervous system is such an important part of who we are, not just in the physical sense, but then all of those reactions, all of those connections to our emotions, and then how that vibrates into actual physical feelings or what other people call symptoms. So uh, when we realize that the central nervous system is that important and that it has the three aspects of um fight, flight, or freeze responses, you know, so when we learn, we don't have to be medical, you know, medically trained or doctors or anything of that sort to just really learn this basic principle of what our nervous system does for us, just like you said, what it is, what it's, it's trying to do. If we see any symptom as as we have been taught and programmed and conditioned to believe as a bad thing versus what is my body telling me? You know, why, why is my heart beating like this? Is that a sign of anxiety? Why am I anxious? And then we start discovering that if in fact it is that fear, you know, that you, you asked about, um, fear is the lowest of the vibrating, if we want to call it negative or low, low ranging vibrations, it's the emotion that will really have the worst effect on the mind, the body, and the soul, yeah. you know, because uh, if we connect it again to that response from the central nervous system, then it is what it is just trying to keep us alive. And we have those three options. You fight, you flight, or you freeze. Yeah. And in my case, I froze. Yeah. You know, I froze because sometimes in life we find ourselves in situations in which we come to believe that that's how they are or there's nothing I can do about it. Or we just um, fool ourselves into believing what we're told, which is those same things. You know, you can't do anything about it. This is just how it is. So you freeze. And as a basic principle of alternative medicine, complementary, functional or integrative, any of those is that energy, which is all we are, it's not moving, it becomes stagnant, it becomes something that can no longer serve your purpose. So we get sick, mm-hmm. you know, so at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if you're one year old, if you're five, if you're 10, or if you're in your 20s, like I was, 
if your energy is not working purposefully, you will get sick. And yeah. that's what happened to me. So in speaking about the psychosomatic aspect of, of disease, um, it takes a journey to understand what that is because we are so uniquely made. We are, uh, I call the bioenergy within ourselves like your very special song you know you have your set of of musical notes you have your 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 range you have your vibration your frequency and so that bioenergy that belongs just to brian or suma or anyone else it's as unique as your as your thumbprint so what threw your song off? What threw, you know, your vibration and your frequency off? Yeah. Maybe a very similar situation to mine, but your reaction will be different. Therefore, your disease will be different. You yeah. Know? And that's why diagnosis like fibromyalgia or whatever is out there um, are so hard to not only understand, but to actually come out, you know, on the other side, because if you're told this is what it is, this is how you're going to live for the rest of your life, and you do believe it, there's very little anyone else may tell you, you know, unless you are in that journey of saying, like I did, no, you know, I get to decide how I'm going to live. I don't want to take the 10 prescriptions you just gave me. Um, I was given, you know, antidepressant anti-muscle spasm, all the yeah. antis you can think about, right. I got. And I'm 26, um, about to be heavily medicated. I did take an antidepressant for a couple of days. And I do always say I'm grateful to that because it cleared up my mind enough to look at myself in the mirror one morning, like on the third morning, and look at myself. And I mean, and I was just like, this is not it. Yeah. This is not who you are. This is not what you want to do. So what if you're going to die? Don't you rather die in your own terms? Like you get to decide yeah. <laughs> how you're going to die. And I did that. And I decided that for me meant really understanding that I could help myself, mm. you know, that I would slowly start working on the fear of believing that maybe this is how it is. Maybe, um, you know, this is it. I, I have to do what I'm told kind of mentality. So is, this, is this sort of resigning to your fate or is this more about, look, if this is what it is, I need to find a path forward. Like, is it a, is it an outreach for, for strength or is it more like there's nothing I can do? For me personally, I could definitely say it's a part of my faith, you know, yeah. and in, in understanding that other humans don't, always have the answers especially even even if there are professionals that we have the right to question things you know um that we are so much more gifted and so much more powerful because of our for me that meant my faith and my my relationship with god yeah. that you know yes i'm in extreme pain i am suffering a lot but there has got to be more to this than being told that this is it you know and and if anyone is familiar with what a fibromyalgia diagnosis looks like, basically, you know, you get blood work, which mm -hmm. will have certain markers of it. Um, but through through blood work, it's, it's a very difficult thing to diagnose anyways. Um, but it, someone pretty much just presses on certain points in your body. And if they're painful, they decide if it's fibromyalgia. Yeah. And to me, it just meant like there's got to be more to this you know, and understanding what that meant was an important part of, of the process because eventually, a few years later, I was diagnosed with lupus, which mm -hmm. is, you know, uh, not the fibromyalgia is not serious, but lupus is definitely um, a, it was more of a concrete answer versus just the fibromyalgia. Yeah. It made more sense as to why I couldn't, even though I was trying so hard to, you know, take the natural supplements and uh, do the exercise and, you know, help myself in so, so many ways. Yeah. And at the end of the day, if I didn't eat extremely religiously well, I was back on square one, no matter how long I had gone doing the right things. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, when I was finally diagnosed with lupus in 2010, I 
it was it was really hard a really hard time because again here's another diagnosis one yeah. that is pretty much you go read up on it and it tells you you're this is it this is really it this is how you're gonna live and this is the prognosis and a lot of people die eventually you know because the damage that's done to the internal organs it's it's just it's a lot plus you have to be on so much medication that you don't actually know what takes you first the disease you know or the side effects so it was it was a very difficult um difficult time in and in a way bittersweet because finally I had an answer. I had a name, you know, I had something that just made more sense, but at the same time, it's like, okay, but I'm still, I'm still in the same place because now being told, (laughs) not only is this how, but this is really how you're going to die supposedly. Right. And this was 10 years ago. Um, It is 10 years ago this month, well in May. And um, I'm here. I, had a second child, which I so very much desire in my heart. Um, part of the psychosomatic emotional turmoil within me at the time was that I wanted a second child, but I knew I shouldn't because I was that ill, mm. you know? And so it's one of these things where, again, what comes first? What feeds what? You know, is, is your yeah. your emotional trauma, your emotion, emotional state and turmoils how much of of that is feeding your your physical aspect now i didn't know this at the time and that's why i love what i do today because even though i do believe in the importance of of beings experiencing really hard um just situations not because i want them to but because there is a learning to be had in it Uh, there's a lesson and sometimes a blessing you know or both at the same time Um, but having said that I also want to prevent a situation or an emotional aspect of something that someone doesn't necessarily have to go through to understand if they can find the value and appreciation without the pain I want that for them yeah yeah so like you, I mean, you know, you know, from us getting to know each other, um, your story rings not just true, but really, it hits really close to home. Um, there's so much, you know, the age was a little bit different, but so much mm-hmm. of what my wife went through and what we experienced as a family um, and uh, diagnoses were different, but the situation very much resonates and very similar. So um, I'm feeling a lot of um, empathy and sympathy and you know, being you know, what, what your husband must have felt, the the compassion for you and for your first and then second child. Um, it's really hard. It's really, really hard. And I've also gotten to see this inspiring, beautiful, kind person that you are. And yeah, we, we know each other digitally a lot, but I've also got to meet you a person and feel that from you. And it's it's such a nice and beautiful reminder that you can go through all that you've gone through and it doesn't snuff out your ability to be who you are and to find, you know, the strength and the, um, the self-empowerment. And that's, that's what struck me so much about you when we met um, and why I really wanted to bring you on. And I want to, I want to hear about like, how did, how did you build from that to the work that you do right now? Because it's, it's so much to deal with and to still have two little kids to then be able to say, you know what, I want to help people that are in my shoes. How does that come to be? Like, is that a feeling you had early on? Yes, I have to say that, in again, going back to my name, you know, part of that psychosomatic just turmoil that was going within me had to do with the fact that I didn't know my purpose. Or sometimes I did know my purpose, but in not having the emotional intelligence to completely understand it, whether it was something I learned at a young age, because, you know, that's culturally too, will have an effect on how we we act. Um, So for me, coming from Mexico, growing up 
with certain difficulties, my parents always did the best they could, um, but we ended up having to immigrate to the States. I was 10. Yeah. Um, we left absolutely everything behind but a suitcase wow. of clothing for five kids. So when we get here, um, I didn't realize till later on as I was getting my certification um, for life coaching, and it was during that training that I, like, the heavens parted a little bit yeah. in my brain because um, I had dealt with, you know, tendencies to want to just hold on to everything. Yeah. Like there's this emotional attachment for me to just about every single physical material thing. And it's frustrating because I didn't understand why. And when I was doing my life coaching certification, we were doing the one-on-one training with, with other um people there with other beings getting their certifications and it was their turn to kind of you know I was the client and all of this came out to where I was like I get it you know I get it that when we left everything behind it just made such a huge mark on me that today I'm afraid it's fear you know I'm afraid of not having all of these pictures because we had almost none. We've been able to get some uh, from family or friends, but we left everything behind. Everything that I ever knew was home. Yeah. Um, you know, so I became to understand myself better. And to go back to your original question, is it something that that I knew? Yes, because I have always been pretty, you know, um, just sensitive to emotions. Yeah. And later on, I learned that I'm actually an empath. Um, so this desire to help people, it's pretty innate to me. Yeah. Um, and then when I got to experience what it's like to receive help, you mm-hmm. know, when we arrived in the States, um, we didn't really have a place to live. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we'd stayed um, with people that my dad knew for a little bit eventually he got a job in Daytona Beach and so we went from um, Georgia to Daytona in this little Dotson little tiny car and there's five kids and my parents and our one suitcase of clothing because that's all we could take right all we could own and when we when we got to where we're supposed to go the contact that he had he couldn't find them so we were yeah, we were, we didn't have a place to go. We didn't know anybody. And thankfully, you know, because that's how miracles work. um, Someone found us at the beach that was doing their, their part of their ministry work. She was a Jehovah's witness. And, um, and she passed away about three or four years ago, because I do keep in touch with her daughter. And my parents told her uh, what was going on. And that night we had a place to stay. Mm. And so at a very young age, besides my, my own desire to want to help others, or perhaps that's when it really, like, really started for me, you know, mm-hmm. um, seeing this example of someone who didn't have to help us, you know, she didn't have to, she could have asked and said, oh, well, things will get better for you, or just walk past us and my sister was in the water and she um, got stung by a jellyfish and she screamed. And so she walked over to us and asked where our parents were and they were at a payphone nearby. And that's what started everything. You know, she did not have to um, care, but she did. And it changed our lives. So for me, that is absolutely uh, a cornerstone of who I am wow. and, and what I do. Yeah. Um, you know, we shouldn't, it doesn't matter. And, you know, with everything that's going on today, color doesn't matter. Um, nothing matters except that if you see someone needing help, we cannot ignore that. And she yeah. taught me that. And the rest of my, um, you know, spiritual, the, the spiritual aspect of who I am comes from learning these Bible principles that have formed me and made me a better empathic person yeah better empath you know um so that's that's who i am and having gone through what i went not only taught me the purpose of my life in a more structured way because i do believe that's what i was missing i was missing 
the uh, how can I say it the the formation to know how to give properly you know mm-hmm. as as empaths we just we will drain ourselves out yeah. you know we will just give it all and it feels so good to do that but when we're not taking care of ourselves when we're giving to the extent of not being able to say no even when we should because we have no boundaries (laughs) to giving you know all of those things are so 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 important so um when i think about lupus and chronic pain i honestly don't think back and and you know have a negative feeling i i'm grateful but i'm also very grateful for being able to rely on my faith to understand that it had a purpose you know and that I can take that purpose and make it even better to continue giving on myself but in a more structured way yeah Uh, a way that will really make a difference it's like as empaths again we just want to give give and there comes a point where you have to realize you can't give the fish and the bread and you have to teach how to fish or how to make the bread and that's an empath. That's so important because we have to accept that that's just as good. Yeah. Or better, you know? Yeah. We're saving ourselves. We're, we're helping to potentially save someone else from whatever it is they, they're going through. Yeah. It's a really hard balance. And especially as, as someone who's caring and, and empaths, I mean, you feel what the other person's going through as if it was you. And so it's even harder not to just give. Um, but it's so important. You're absolutely right. So Ma, what, is, what does today look like for you? Because you've, you've gained a tremendous amount of knowledge through your own journey and then through studying and through helping other people. I, I want people to understand it's not like everything's just fine and you don't have any, any pain or any issues or anything that you manage today, despite what you give. Like you, you still face things, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I love to share this because someone shared it with me and that's why I am where I am today. Today I am medically lupus free and I know for anyone going, yeah, going through that process or that has lost a loved one or has been told you have lupus and you have no cure. Sometimes that's a difficult thing to believe. You know, not only was it on paper for me, but I actually don't feel like I did 10 years ago. I was able to have my second child. I had a home birth. I had a beautiful home birth. (laughs) Uh, It was a very healing experience uh, from my first birth experience at the hospital, not only because um, it was a lot less pain, but because I was taking charge of my body. I was taking charge of my emotions. And this was less than a year before I found a therapy in Mexico. Um, The very first week that I was diagnosed with lupus in Mexico, um, a friend suggested that I try a therapy called biomagnetism. Mm -hmm. And it is the use of magnets to um, balance the pH in the body. In certain in certain parts, um, they're called pairs because uh, even though it's not necessarily diagnosing or treating, you know, one one aspect of it pretty much says where the um, the imbalance is in. In a lot like acupuncture, we have to find the resonating aspect of the of the connection, the pair. And when the pH is neutralized between these pairs, the pathogens that, that actually cause the disease um, will be deactivated. They no longer have an environment in which they can live and thrive, mm. and the symptoms disappear. Mm. So for me, it was very quick, very quick after receiving the treatment. I had a very hard healing crisis, um, but one day I got up from bed, and yeah. I just was floored that that pain that I compared to smashing your thumb, yeah. your your brain never shutting down, waking up like you've been beat up every morning and you didn't even do anything, you know? Yeah. Uh, all of those right, things. Like you feel like gone. you're out on a bender all night, only exactly probably went to bed it, early it, even. Yeah. yeah. And it's so interesting that you mentioned that because that is one of the things that that I 
would be so upset about in my 20s. And mm-hmm. I would say, this is not fair. I'm 20 something. I'm eat, taking 100 supplements a day. I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't this, this and that. Why am I in so much pain? You know, yeah. and then you have people out having the all night vendors and they're fine. Like what it's, right. you know, obviously they eventually they're not going to be fine. But to me, that seems so unfair at 20 yeah. something, yeah. you know? So, um, I, right away, I knew that I found something absolutely wonderful and yeah. that I couldn't being who I am, I couldn't keep it to myself. So I went in the person who treated me, um, taught me, has mentored me for 10 years. Um, I did also go get um, trained and certified with the doctor that discovered the biomagnetic pair. Um, I've been a practitioner for 10 years, but I always have to add this as well, that that's only a part of the healing process because, you know, 10 years ago, life coaching, although it was starting, wasn't what it is today. Yeah. You know, you either had counseling or psychologists or psychiatrists, but life coaching wasn't necessarily a very known you know thing out there. Um, so the healing process for me was quite lonely because I didn't know who to go to. And yeah. that year after was the hardest year of my life because it was the beginning of the really hard work, the really hard transformation that I was willing to do. Yeah. Um, but I didn't have the help. So I went and got a life coaching certification to life coach myself. Um, And it was great. It worked for me, you know. And then after that, I said, okay, well, this is not enough for me because I want to do more. I want to be able to offer more. And even though it's about helping other people, I recognize the value of needing to help myself first. Yeah. And I went back and got my bachelor's to... um, went back to school, got my bachelor's in alternative medicine. And I finished that two years ago, this July. I remember the pictures of you graduating. Yeah. 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 And I think it was that, that same um, spring. Yeah. The the following spring that we met that I graduated. And it was a beautiful thing for me because it also means I'm one of the very few people in many generations to have a college degree. And even though it's not about the college degree necessarily, it is a, an offering to, (laughs) you know, to, to my family in in a lot of ways to say, you know, we get, we, yes, we also get to do these really amazing things that to other people may be just a given. It may just be a automatic thing. And these things are so hard for us, but we can do it. Look, I did it, you know, and and I want my children to understand that they are not at a disadvantage because they, their parents are from another country, you know, um, that you, you will have as much as you want. Yeah. You know, and that's that, a really beautiful sentiment. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a part of the healing process itself, you know, yeah. and being an immigrant and being uh, a person that's gone through chronic pain and coming on the other side and learning today it really is all about just a marriage of you know my my spirituality my faith and a marriage between that and emotional intelligence yeah we have to learn how to do it right Um, and right isn't always comfortable for us most of the time because we're imperfect human beings right will be uncomfortable um whether it's in in your health in your personal relationships um work everywhere yeah right will be uncomfortable and when you have enough trust in in yourself in in your belief systems in your principles and your fundamentals everything becomes easier because your yes is a yes and your no is a no and that will resonate through everything, you know, mm. if, as a woman who has experienced racism and discrimination, um, perhaps I cannot change that person, but I will also not allow it to change me, you know, cause yeah. I know who I am. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, it's just a beautiful thing really when, when we're that much in touch with ourselves and I got to share that at TEDx last, um, 
summer in August, yeah. uh, I had the chance to go from um, MC host of TEDx to being a speaker. And it was a very hard thing to do because I spoke about my father's health journey. Yeah. And at the time, you know, he was still alive and with us. And so talking about what it meant to remain uh, hopeful and to do our best to give him the best quality of life, knowing that he might not make it. And that at the end of the day, the experience itself, it's supposed to teach us, you know, yeah. it's not supposed to, um, there will, there will be a grieving process. There still is, I'm still going through it, but everything he taught me, everything I learned through his own health journey and everything we did as a family has been such an amazing, beautiful lesson. Yeah. 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 That's so. hard. <laughs> yeah. And um I don't want to make it harder, but there were there were things that you learned after his passing about him and the way he gave to others almost secretly, right? Quietly. Yeah. Um and then I think about you going back to you and being an empath and being committed to trying to help people who are, you know, in a similar position to what you've gone through. Mm-hmm. Um it's uh, I don't know if it's nature or nurture or both, but there's clearly a message in there about this quiet giving back for a bigger purpose that you know your father was doing unbeknownst to you. It's it's really beautiful. Correct. Yeah, that that was definitely um, a beautiful thing to take with us after his passing because there is so much that he did that we didn't know, and to have you know his friends yeah show up and these are people we didn't know because he knew them through work mm. and he is such a dedicated just being to to his work there was nothing that had no value for him whether it be something small or something big everything that was important to you was important to him yeah and if he took on a job for you whether it was you know changing a lock in your door or cutting an oak tree to him everything had that importance yeah and so to have people you know grown men in their 60s and 70s come to to his memorial and cry <laughs> yeah yeah it was that's pretty amazing what's really really beautiful and then to have um both people we know and didn't know talk about how kind he was to them how you know he he would facilitate vehicles for them so that they could start their own work and and give them tools so they could start their own work and how eventually they were able to give give them back to him or pay him back but what he did for them was just had so much more value than that tool, you know, or that vehicle. And he wasn't the kind to let the whole world know what he had done. Yeah. Yeah, So all of these really amazing things, there's stuff my mom didn't know (laughs) he did. (laughs) And there were, there were so many things we found out and, but they're all beautiful things. There isn't a single thing anyone had to say about my father in any grievance kind of way, you know, it was all very beautiful. And I do believe that I, I, I hope that, you know, I, I am half what he did and that I did learn both inherently and, and, um, a nurturing nurturing way because there was just not a single situation that that he would hear about that would just break his heart and want to help he was in his deathbed and he was so worried about someone he was very close to who had gone into a little bit of a legal situation and they needed seven hundred dollars um to be able to you know resolve it and he looks at me and he says we have it right we have it we can give it Mm. to him we didn't have it (laughs) you know but um that's that's what he wanted to do he wanted to 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 give it to them so that their issue would be resolved and um i am so thankful yeah for that wow and then as a parent um I want to take that that beautiful lesson and teach it to my children. Yeah, you know, and this, of course, 
Brian, this is this is the change. This is how things really do change. You know, when we teach our, our children that there will be difficult things, but at the end of the day, there is always a choice. Yeah. You know, we choose our mindset. We choose um, who we are. We choose who we want to be. And none of this implies that we won't make mistakes. You know, none of it implies that we could have an off day and really mess up sometimes, mm -hmm. but that we'll have the, you know, the um, courage to also say, I messed up and yeah. I'm learning from it and, and I can move forward. Yeah, and that's um, okay. And that's okay. Yeah. You know, so that is the best gift I can give my children. I can give anyone that I have, I'm in contact with. I am far from being perfect. You know, I've made my share of mistakes. A lot of it hurt myself more than it hurt others. And when I finally learned that, it's like, it's okay. Yeah. You know, it's okay. It's learning. Yeah. And you learned it and you wouldn't do that again in that way. Um, so absolutely. Yeah. I want everyone to understand that it's okay to make mistakes. The past is the past. You can rise from it. You can find your purpose. And, you know, for me, it started a lot in with my name. Um, I realized how much I wasn't living up to it. I had all of this oh. meaning to me about being full of life and I was stifled and I believed what I was told in a lot of ways. Um, okay by my environment that you know I wasn't good enough I couldn't do enough uh, I will never do this I will never do that and it was until I said why yeah you know, we have to ask questions <laughs> why why not yeah of course I can you know and and that had a huge impact on who I am today so you I know earlier you asked you know what what is it what's today look like for me yeah. and so I've taken my training and my lessons my learning into being able to service others and offer the facilitation to others in their health their wellness and if we can get that to a balanced place and it's a very much a, a beautiful flow of energy and understanding what that means it how resonates with your actual physical being your emotions and and just a beautiful state of being just like again that song that you you just have and I always say as you know we we meet people and immediately you have that connection or you don't yeah and it could be your your songs or you know beautiful harmony together or you, your songs are, are not in the right place and it's better that you don't <laughs> come together. You know, yeah, yeah. everyone goes their, okay. their way, but yeah, but we, and that's okay. Yeah, yeah. But we have the potential to really harmonize with each other when, when we're in that place. And so in teaching that, I want to, to just share that in recognizing how unique we are and that your uniqueness makes us better together. Our yeah. uniqueness isn't meant to separate us. You know, it's meant to to create. When we get together, look, we're creating something beautiful today, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and our backgrounds are so different, but at the end of the day, we're human. You're a human being, I'm a human being. And one of the things I didn't get to say uh, at my TEDx talk, because of course I went way over, number <laughs> one. <laughs> uh, and then two, I was just, it was very emotional. But one of the things yeah. I wanted to say at the end was that, you know, we are not different from each other. When we think about the fact that when we're hungry, we eat the same to satisfy that hunger. When we're lonely, we need the same, you know, feeling of company to yeah. to feel loved and to feel, you know, that you, someone's there for you. When we bleed, we bleed the same way. When we're in pain, even though pain, you know, is it's a range of feeling, but we all feel pain the same way. So yeah. we're not that different. We are exactly the same. And we can all heal the same too if we understand the 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 process of disease disease yeah. is a language your body's trying to tell you 
You know, what yeah. does that headache mean? What does that pain in your knee mean? Um, even even some accidents you may have, you know? Yeah. Because if, let's say, you didn't step on the ground properly and you twisted your ankle, um, maybe if you weren't in the place you're at the moment, your ankle would have been fine. You know, what? what's the psychosomatic of a, that's affecting your ankle and cause that inflammation? You know, right. why is there weakness in your ankle or right. your shoulder when you're washing the dishes or washing your hair? Understanding that is really the key to health. Yeah. You know, but it's a process and it is also a combination of different things. You have, you know, for me, I'm in biomagnetism for the physical being. Mm-hmm. And then life coaching and other uh, modalities for for the emotional part because we we have to be able to accept help, you know. Yeah, we have to be willing. Uh, again, to if if we accept that our song is vibrating long low and that we need somebody else we resonate with to help us raise it. Yeah, that's a beautiful thing. You know, yeah. again, we're creating, and I am very grateful to have have many, many beautiful songs in my life that I've been harmonizing with, and it's just it's just amazing because it doesn't matter where you're in the world, you know, yeah. you are together. And when you become that much connected to other human beings, you also know when they need you. You know, yep. Yep. and then you're able to give back. And that's yep. and that's the beauty of being an empath or being empathetic. And even though a lot of people identify themselves as empaths, I do believe every human being has the capacity to be empathetic and be an empath. That's what we're supposed to be. Hmm. That's really beautiful. So I'm, that is, I think it's a beautiful place for us to to wrap things up. Um, okay. This is, a, this is a deep episode. And I was much more quiet than I usually am just because it's like it resonates a lot with me but also because I I wanted to stay out of the way of these thoughts coming out because it it touches me a lot and I've been really blessed to get to get to know you a bit and get to see you know mostly see online um just what you put out there it's it's beautiful it's really really beautiful and I'm so thankful to know you and to have you join me today. So thank you for that. Um, oh, thank you. I know it's a long time coming. and um, It's worth it. Well worth the wait. <laughs> right? I do yeah, feel that. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Where, where can people hear more about you and, um, you know, reach out if they're looking for some help? Where's a good place to find hmm, you? Can I send it to you? Yeah, I think um, more than likely uh, Facebook will probably be a good place. And, you know, that's the gathering place for now yeah. for everyone. It's an easy place to be found. So if I can, I'll I'll send you I'll put it that. in the show notes. Yeah, we'll put it in the show yeah, notes. Yeah, and I'm also in the process of updating my life coaching website, but I'll go ahead and send that as well. Okay. Um, yeah. So. so we'll put everything in the show notes so people can find you and because mm-hmm. I, I know there's people who are like, I need to connect with her, find out more. Maybe it's it's someone who, you know, your story resonates with what they're going through. And Absolutely. So it's important for them to know how to find out more. So we, we will definitely do that and share ways that people can get more of the wisdom and the beauty that you're putting out there to help people. Um, thank you so thank much you for man. joining me. It means, it means the world. Uh, and we'll link to your TED Talk that. too. We'll have to get yeah, that it's in not, there when it goes live. It's not, yeah, it's not out. Yeah, you know yeah. how it goes. <laughs> we'll what, just leave it at that. <laughs> one of mine took, I think, 14 months to come out. Okay. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Zoma, are you ready to help me close the show? I am. All right. Today is a new day. To go find what sets your soul alive. That's really beautiful. I love that. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. This is, I I love it. It's a beautiful way to wrap. What a beautiful person. I know Solma's story probably resonates for many of you. And if it's not you directly, maybe there's someone in your world, in your circle, that it resonates for. So it's a great point to share it with that person and to check out Solma 
on the links that are in the show notes to see how to follow her, connect with her, see what she's putting out there so that you can take in really the beauty that she's trying to share, helping people get to a better place in their lives. Definitely check Zulma out, share the show, subscribe, rate, review. It means a lot. It helps the show to grow. I know I say that a lot, but that's because it continues to be important and I would love the help. If you are interested in growing yourself, you can do that through the Do A Day Masterclass. I've mentioned this in the past few episodes. It is still available through the end of the year at a special rate of just $149. You can learn and engage in your journey at your pace, by yourself, privately, to move yourself forward. Make sure you grab it by the end of the year, and then the price will go up. But this is your chance to grab it, and you can sit on it. If you're not ready to do it, that's cool. It will still be there whenever you want to engage with it. Once you buy it, it's yours for life. So you might as well pick it up at that discounted price. Just go to brianfalchuk.com. Click on Courses at the top, and you'll see it right there. You don't need any special coupon code or anything like that. The price is just discounted for everybody, so you can take advantage of that before the year is over. All right, daydoers, I am going to close out here. Thank you to Zulma for coming on and sharing her journey, her family's journey even. I mean, this is much broader than her own, and the path that she followed to inspire us all to go out and do it.